Attention, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, reviews, rants, raves, and geeky commentary. Listener discretion is advised. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It is your illustrious Hosan from www.sparkin.com coming back to you from my trip to the lovely city of New York. I just got back from visiting that awesome convention, the New York Comic Con 2015 from October 8th to 11th. And we're going to be talking about all the great things I saw, all the bad things I saw, and how compared to other years, especially because this is an anniversary year. A lot of cons are having their anniversary this year or last year. It's kind of interesting, but I digress. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. This is another podcast brought to you by www.sparkin.com. Some podcasts and vain reviews about connecting enhanced narratives. Our job is to tell you guys about different things, how they are, if they're worth checking out or not, and overall, if they're worth investing in and if they're terrible and you should avoid it at all costs. You don't agree with anything that I say or any of my co-hosts say, but I heard we're entertaining, so Give us a chance. Also, we're pretty entertaining to listen to while you're on your commute to work or to school. So, have fun with that. You can email me at sparkin at gmail.com or at zansparkin.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and we have a YouTube account, which I'm going to be releasing some interesting videos over the next couple of months. Uh, also, check out our other podcasts, Sparkin Movie Review, Manga Review, Game Review, Anime Corner, and a couple of other things we're working on. So, let's get on with it, shall we? So... This is my fifth or, I believe, no, sixth time I've gone to New York Comic Con, skipping a couple of years, and it was very different than usual. Now, for those of you who don't know, New York Comic Con is the largest pop culture festival in the United States to date. It beats out San Diego by at least 20,000 attendees, and this year is no exception. The con tickets sold out within one day for the Four-day pass and three-day pass. You have to get the individual pass over time. The last ticket sold out recently to get a press pass was a pain in the ass. Every other year, they they don't give it to you. They do, depending on how many attendees you have or how many listeners you have. Last year, we didn't go because I didn't get any tickets. But this year, I got tickets and... Or a ticket, rather. And it's very 
understandable why they're being so rationing with each of the tickets because it's crazy. There are so many people there because everyone attends now. It's not just geeks who show up, jocks show up, parents with their children. You have elderly, every demographic I could possibly imagine was there. I mean, some of the hockey players who were playing the Rangers game on Friday were there. It was crazy and kind of cool too to see all these different demographics of people coming together to just it's almost like a unity of geeks and non-geeks coming together for happiness but that really wasn't the case because this is an industry con so it had that industry feel so it was selling a lot of really cool stuff and showing you the latest and greatest and most stupid things possible i was there all four days I was debating not going there on Sunday, but I decided the hell with it, I'll go. Because this year, there was not a very large presence, a very big thing they were selling. I mean, last year, or sorry, two years ago, it was Spider-Man's 75th anniversary. So everybody wanted to go because it's Spider-Man. You know, Spider-Man's been around 75 years and showing all the cool things about it, about his life. And the new movie was coming out, you had lots of... References to Spider-Man, a lot of very cool images. You had the Superman coming out with Man of Steel, so you had all the costumes. And there was a lot of investment in these different properties, and you were interested. The year before that was Avengers, so you had the Avengers panel. All the Avengers were going to show up, and it was going to be amazing to see Samuel Jackson, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Tom Hiddleston, all these amazing actors show up there. You're interested, you're intrigued. And this year, what was the big draw? Well, this year, it was the 30th anniversary of Frank Miller's Dark Knight. Yeah, I know. You would have thought it was something huge, amazing, great, and astounding, but not really. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Dark Knight Returns is one of the greatest graphic novels ever written. It is dark, it is twisted, and it changed the dynamic of Batman forever. So I can't say that it's not an important part of comic book history. But still, it's nothing truly momentous. I mean, next year you have Civil War coming out. And did they have any real images from it? No. Did you have the Batman vs. Superman images? Not really. You had the costumes at the con. We'll get to that in a bit. But for the most part, they weren't really pushing anything too crazy and too unique. There was a lot going on. Don't get me wrong. But still, it, it just didn't seem like there was the huge greatest thing possible that everyone wanted to go see. It was an even dispersal of intriguing items that everyone could look at and no true focal point where everyone was drawn to it, which was a detriment. And also it was a little bit of an advantage because having it split apart so much meant you hit more demographics as opposed to just focusing on that one group and everyone else gets excluded. So... Since I was there all four days, I was going to do it chronologically going over every single day, but that's a little tedious and it would take a long time. So instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it down by the different sections of the con and how they impacted me and also the various attendees who were there. Now, first off, we're going to start with the biggest thing, the thing that everyone goes to a con to see, even though they don't realize it, the show floor or the exhibit hall or the dealer's room. This is where you see all of the latest and greatest things being offered to the attendees as eye candy. This is where most people take their pictures. This is what most people think a con actually is. is let's look at this booth and let's see what they're going to sell us so we have to say, shut up and take my money. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of stuff this year that's shut up and take my money. But 
you had a lot of different presences going around. Now, the big thing that everyone noticed is the fact that, unlike San Diego, Marvel and DC swapped. At San Diego, supposedly the DC booth was gigantic and the Marvel presence was zero. Here, it was the reverse. The DC section was about 60 feet, and all it really was was you had some Star Lab t-shirts and some other items. You had four costumes from Batman v Superman. You had both versions of Batman's outfit, the one which is actually the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns costume, which Ben Affleck looks awesome in. You have his armored suit. You have the new Superman suit. They got rid of the belt. Looks okay, not great. And you had Wonder Woman's outfit, which I'm surprised it looks so good. I was a little on the fence with the skirt, but I am sold. I'm a believer now. I think that she's going to look amazing in it. You also had a little section showing all the gadgets that Batman is going to use in the film. And I will say this. It's a lot more utilitarian and militaristic than Nolan's items, but they work and they look kind of cool. I can't wait to see them in action and see what they're going to do with the various items, including the cybernetic cowl with the night vision. I was curious if he was going to wear it throughout the movie or if that's just one shot. We'll find out. But that was it pretty much for the DC booth, except about 40 feet away you had a booth that was for a company that was giving free Wi-Fi to everybody at the Jacob Javits Center. Free Wi-Fi and if you followed the president of the company, you would receive a free phone charger. So... Being the cheap bastard that I am, well, I'm not cheap, I'm I'm smart, I followed this guy, because also, you have to follow someone with a similar name. I mean, for those who don't know, my name is Zan, but that's short for Xander, short for Alexander. So anybody with an Alexander name, I, I think they're cool, because Alexander's become a very rare name. And the fact is that when I see a sign which says, follow Alexander Luther Jr., I'm totally going to do that, especially because of the fact that it is LexCorp. LexCorp innovative genius company that gave free wi-fi if you saw a video about how innovative and amazing they are and how you must worship lex luther i totally was for it even though i think that lex luther is a horrific being who wants to kill the last son of krypton i would totally vote for him for the 2016 elections lex luther 2016 either him or kodos again i'm getting a little geeky so marvel on the other hand had a giant presence their booth was probably 200 feet in diameter for just the block they took they had so much going on besides the main stage where people would walk up i think stanley was there i didn't really hear anything crazy about him being there but i think he was there you had a section for all the autographs you had a section which showing all the new lego marvel items including the lego avengers the lego mmo you had posters for daredevil and all the netflix series including my personal favorite the Jessica Jones set, which was a recreation of Jessica Jones's office. And if you sat in there, they made a GIF video of you with David Tan talking in the background. Check out Sparkin.com to see my image where it's me reading the newspaper that says that Daredevil captured Kingpin. It is really cool. It's a lot of fun. And a lot of people were waiting to see that. They outdid themselves this year. I mean, I wish that we could have seen some of the costumes from Civil War. But like I said, they kind of were pushing away from Civil War. They weren't showing a lot about it. There was a panel which discussed some stuff about Marvel. We'll get to that in the panel section. So, besides those two, Image, as usual, they had their one block, which was literally just one big table. And as you, the first day, as every single time I've been to the Comic-Con, when I walked through, I saw Robert Kirkman just chilling out there. Always. It's like... Dude, you're worth billions of dollars. You've made an amazing TV series and you sell two of the greatest comics ever written. You write for Walking Dead and you write for my personal favorite series, Invincible. Yet, 
People don't recognize you. How the fuck is that possible in 2015? I digress. So, you had that. You had, of course, Funimation and Viz. The two big anime companies were pushing it. They had two great sections. Bandai's booth, always amazing. A lot of figures and a lot of Power Rangers stuff and Sailor Moon stuff going on. For The Block, which is the section for the more avant-garde and independent companies... The big thing was Weta was there, and they had images from all the different series they worked on, from Chappie to Lord of the Rings to Game of Thrones, and they were making anybody who wanted into a troll-slash-goblin-slash-dwarf. I was kind of interested in doing that, but not really. Also, the company that worked on Avatar was painting people's faces to look like Navi. That was a little weird, but whatever. Funko was there, and they were had an immense presence there were several Funko booths, but the main Funko booth with the giant Groot and Hulkbuster Funko completely swamped. Everybody and their mother wants the bobblehead now. We thought that it was going to die. It's not going to die anytime soon. There were so many exclusives. I'm not going to lie. I went to the Asian Funko booth to buy a limited edition black and white Blackjack because Blackjack is awesome. Check out my review of it to listen to it, episode 70 of the podcast, the manga review. But there were so many Funkos going around. Also, you had a lot of the mail order boxes booths. You had Comic Bento. You had Comic Box. And most importantly, you had Loot Crate. Loot Crate, the line was wrapped around it three times. And they were giving away the current October box and a subscription for one year for $60. I prefer buying it month by month. It's a lot cheaper. Instead of them saying, you have to buy all all." Six months. No, I want to buy one month to test it out. I don't want to buy the whole thing. So I was a little eh, with that. But whatever. The other manga publishers, unfortunately, did not have a huge presence, which made me feel really bad. Because of the fact that, you know, the better companies, Kodansha, Yen Press, Vertical, their booths were so small. Especially Yen Press. Vertical, Ed's got it down to a science. He has it where... The booth essentially engages with the audience, makes them come up, look at the books, ask them questions, and it worked. As usual, Vertical, great, best in show for the manga, publishers, except for Viz. Viz, you know, they're omnipotent, they have money to show Sailor Moon cosplayers, which was cool. Kodansha, not bad. Decent size, you had a standee of one of the Attack on Titan covers where you could put your head in and take pictures. And they were showing a lot of great series, including their new one, which is called Inayashiki, which is a series which looks insane. It's about an old man who gets hit by an alien, gets essentially run over, so they recreate him into a robot. And it's kind of depressing and sad, but also really cool. I definitely want to read that manga. Then you had Yen Press. Sadly, Yen Press technically didn't have a booth because they were hidden in the HarperCollins booth. HarperCollins booth was... Five table lengths long, you had everything going on because they were selling the new Twilight-esque remake, which is essentially just Twilight, but it's Bella's now named Bo, and Edward is now Edwin. A gender cross, I don't get it either, but is what it is. And you have all the things they're selling, all the actual novels, and then in the corner, in a little section, like with only like five books, was Yen Press. And Yen Press has been kicking ass. They've been selling great light novels, yet they're just showing four titles. I felt really bad. I was like, this just sucks. I mean, I'd love to see them have a big booth with big signage, but nope. 
Give me the little corner. It felt like any con where they segregate anime fans into the corner. So it did feel bad. But Yen Press, you guys kicked ass with your panel. If you want to check out all the new things coming out for the panels, check out Spyrokin's Twitter account, at Spyrokin, to see all the posts I put about what was going on. Because there is a lot. And I can't remember everything. I'm going to go over what I could in this review. But anyway. So besides that, you had all the independent sellers going around. You had a lot of the stores coming around. You had one store, which was pretty cool, that was selling fezzes, custom-made fezzes, for 60 bucks. It looked kind of cool. I was the big up buying one, but $60 for a fez that's felt a little pricey for my blood. Uh, in the block, you also had a new energy drink, which was coming out. I don't remember the name. I think it was Go Flash, I think. But the most part, it was $70 for a box about the size of the, the tang powder boxes and it's for 60 drinks and that's your energy drink and there are seven flavors including a mystery flavor which tastes like coconut and it did nothing it wasn't good it wasn't bad don't get me wrong i tried three of the flavors and they were okay i mean one was tasted like pink lemonade one tastes like blueberry and i have no idea what the other one was but it wasn't worth my time i wasn't invested or intrigued and i was like gimme 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 it was eh. The other big thing was that Skybound was there, and I was very happy with that. For those who don't know, Skybound is the company that is releasing Super Fight. So they were selling all of Super Fight. They had a huge display. I also got the card for the publicity manager, Ben. I'm going to be messaging him about some of the new series that he was telling me coming out. And I also picked up another two Super Fight decks. I think I'm only missing the kid-friendly edition now. But... It was cool to see them there and seeing people interested in Superfight because that is a fun game. If you have not played it, check it out. I've been trying to set up a video for the podcast of us playing Superfight, but it is a little bit hard having one camera and no one cameraing. But I digress. Other booth that was cool to see was For Human Peoples. Uh, for those who don't know, ForHumanPeoples.com is a company that they sell fan-designed shirts. There's some really cool ones. I should not be pimping out for human peoples but they're a very cool site definitely check them out there are some great shirts going on and also they are run by the guys at source fed source fed's a really cool company that phil defranco if you haven't seen the phil defranco show watch it it's very funny and informative and a lot of the people that were working there were actually there i saw Raina. i got a picture where i'm a huge fan of her anime review Ding! it was cool they had a good presence they were selling a lot of, saw a lot of t-shirts with people walking around on them i was gonna buy the one with spider-man and deadpool and deadpool spraying spider-man with a raid can but i had to buy other things which gets me to the next point so show floor was nice i mean the other big thing was that outside the big presence was you had ash's trailer from ash vs evil dead you could walk around get inside check out all the cool little gimmicks prepping for the tv show and they will give you a free chainsaw hand. They're not going to cut your hand off give you a chainsaw, but it's a foam one. So that was pretty cool. The other parts of the con that were there, you had the Artist Alley, which was nicely done this year. It was big, it was vast, and in the front of the Artist Alley, you had Seth Meyer with a recreation of his TV show set, and he was interviewing cosplayers, and that was really cool to see him. You had all the artists were there, uh, got a couple of signatures. The big one I got was from Berto Ramos signing my Volume 1 Issue 1 of Crimson and Spider-Man number 1 of the re-release. You also had Joe Matarara, who he was supposed to be there, but he just never showed up. Apparently he was there, but he wasn't. It was kind of weird. In the artist alley was not J. Scott Campbell. He had his booth inside the actual dealer's room, but it was cool to see all the stuff he was selling. And I also got his signature. So 
dismissing Joey Mads for the cliffhanger group. I digress, though. So you had that. You had the autograph section with the booksellers. The big draw for me for the autograph section was because there was a lot of people there. Was You had four Godzillas there. Now, remember, at Anime Boston this year, I met Nakamura, the first Godzilla. They had the other three Godzillas there. I was psyched to meet them. Unfortunately, my time and their time did not coincide, so I could not meet them. But hopefully next year, they will come back and I can get all four Gojiras. And then I could walk around and go... Actually, realistically, I would get them to sign my Godzilla figures, which would be awesome. But that's me being geeky. Also, Sarah Michelle Gellar was walking around the con because we're talking about some of these celebrities. She was walking around because she was talking about her role in the new season of Star Wars Rebels. You had Elijah Dushku walking around for her new TV show. I think she's going to be on Vikings, I think, or there's another show that she's working on. I don't remember because I kind of walked past her as I saw her talking, doing an interview. And part of me was like, oh my god, I should take a picture of both of them together. Get Buffy versus Faith. But alas, that did not occur. Sad about that. But the showroom floor was packed this year, but there was a lot going on. I mean, like I said, you had rows upon rows of stuff going on. There was stuff to look at, stuff to gawk at, stuff to see. The video game presence, Capcom's booth. Oh, they're going crazy. They're pushing Street Fighter V and Mega Man Legacy. Lots of promotions for the new Tomb Raider coming out. You had promotions for a new post-apocalypse game, which looks like a lot of fun. And Nintendo, I know they were there. I really didn't see what they were doing. I was kind of shocked it wasn't like a huge thing, but eh, well, it's Nintendo. I hope that they have something really cool being released. I really do, because I like Nintendo. I still care about them, even though I haven't bought a system in two generations. I mean, I got my Wii, but I didn't get the Wii U, I didn't get the 3DS, so hopefully something awesome comes out. Something that makes me interested again. If they were doing Zelda, I would have been like, oh my god, take my money. But they weren't doing a Zelda thing, which kind of was. So, now that we've got the show floor out of the way, let's get to the next big thing that most people go to cons to see, and that is the panels. Like I said before, there wasn't a huge major panel that everyone and their mother wanted to see. The big panel that a lot of people were excited for, that I was excited for, that I couldn't get into because, well staffers kind of made a mistake was the jessica jones netflix panel which also showed jessica jones and it showed marvel's other properties coming out including the teaser for daredevil season two which from what i heard is amazing the big thing is they showed the first episode of jessica jones and i'm hearing nothing but um but applaud and love for the show they're saying it is going to be the darkest marvel show out there and it's probably going to be one of the best and um from what a couple people said is that David Tennant's Purple Man, the Zebediah Kilgrave, is going to be the best Marvel villain ever. So better than Loki, better than Red Skull, they're saying he's going to be the best. And I am intrigued to see what they do with him because I like Kilgrave. I know it's fucked up for me to say, but I think he's an interesting character and he's just so diabolical and evil and powerful. I want to see what they do with him. The other big panels that they had were, of course, as I said, they showed the first episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah, the con has moved beyond the Javits Center to also the Hammerstein Ballroom. You had that. You had them showing the new episode of Doctor Who Before the Flood on Saturday night. You had them showing the new season of Venture Brothers. They had the Cartoon Network Adult Swim panel. You had 
the Star Wars Rebels panel, you had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles panel, you had a couple of screenings for new sci-fi shows, including some of the WB preview nights, including their, you know, Flash, Arrow. The big thing from what I heard was that Batman, they showed the new animated movie, Bad Blood, which is supposed to be great. They showed previews of it. And they showed the last Witch Hunter panel, which Vin Diesel was there, and apparently he's become a chubby boy. He's gained a little bit of weight, but still he's Vin Diesel, so he's awesome. You also had the reunion of Firefly. Firefly, well, I wanted to go see that, but unfortunately I had to cover two industry panels, so sorry. But Alan Tudyk was there for two minutes because he's promoting Con Men, which is a different TV show, which is about guys studying cons. It's actually a really good show on... uh, not Crackle, it's on um, another internet site. I'll remember, like, I'll post it in the show notes of uh, the actual link for. But he was promoting that. He walked in, said hi, and left. Now, for everything else, the other big thing, well, Marvel's big panel, that there was no images from Civil War. There was nothing really crazy for the movies, but... They did announce that there were going to be three new films for Phase 3, including the one that they named Ant-Man and Wasp, a sequel to Ant-Man. I'm surprised that they did that because apparently it seems that all of their B-list, C-list characters that they're making movies about are getting a lot of traction. People are interested in these unique characters who no one would think are superheroes, like Ant-Man. I mean, what are they going to do next? Release Rom? I mean, I like Rom the Space Knight, don't get me wrong, but imagine if he became popular. That'd be crazy. Rom the Space Knight with his disruptor which sends space rates into another dimension but looks like they disintegrate people. Actually, that'd be really cool. Marvel and Disney, if you're listening, make that into a movie. Please, I beg of you. Anyway, I digress. So, the big panel for me, I think, was Magicians. And that is a show that is based on a book series which is essentially an adult Harry Potter. It's about a kid who graduates... High school, wants to go to college, he has no reason to go around in his life and ends up in a college which is for magicians. Teaching you how to use magic and he's not able to do anything possible and it's the thing of what happens when you get everything you want? How does power corrupt? Supposedly it is amazing. The trailer made me really interested to see it and also the crowd response was crazy. I was like, oh my god, everyone wants to see this. I'm intrigued. And sci-fi has been doing pretty good with their stuff even though they're... Some of their shows are not great. They're doing better than they used to do. That was a big panel for me. I think the most inspirational panel, the panel I had the most fun with, though, was the Terry Pratchett retrospective. For those of you who don't know, I'm a huge fan of Terry Pratchett, and sadly he passed away earlier this year. And so, for the man who said that a man knows he's famous when they're still talking to him after he's dead, I know it's a paraphrase of the actual phrase statement, but... It was cool to see so many people still talking about him, even after he passed away. See the love that people have for his books. Besides a Discworld, I mean, you have The Long Earth, and you have so many other things he's written. And it's cool to see that this man who was a satirist and who took apart our world and looked at it in a weird way and made it interesting could have affected so many lives. If you haven't checked out Discworld or anything by Pratchett, I highly recommend it. I think that you'd get a huge kick out of it. Um, If you haven't read Good Omens, start there. 
It's Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett working together to create an interesting end-of-the-world scenario and a cool way to start off your venture into the Discverse. So the other panels that were around was there was a panel about the eight Doctors of Doctor Who. They talked about the original eight before the relaunch in 2009. So it went from Hartnell to McGowan, and there was a big turnout for that because Whovians have taken over the world, as we all know. They've taken over everything. Besides that, you had that, and the other big things were you had a lot of stuff for Valiant. I'm surprised Valiant. I thought that they went under they disappeared, but apparently Exo Man of War has become popular again, so it is what it is. Now, for everyone who is a manga fan, Zan did not fail you. I went to the majority of the manga panels, and there were some great ones and some bad ones. I mean, Funimation knocked it out of the park as usual because the big thing they were pimping was, well, more Attack on Titan, more Attack on Titan. Kodansha, more Attack on Titan, and they're releasing the Attack on Titan anthology, which is American comic artists working on Attack on Titan. So that should be really cool. You got that going on. Uh, Yen Press releasing more light novels, including we're getting more Index. And for me, we're getting Bacchino. We're getting the Bacchino light novel, finally. I mean, I heard the Durara light novels coming out, and I'm already psyched to get that. But Bacchino I've liked so much better. I mean, Durara is cool. It's about gang wars, but Bacchino. I mean, come on. Immortals and the Prohibition era? Come on. You gotta love that. Also, Rail Tracer. From there, you also have Vertical Inc. releasing a lot of new titles. But the big thing that they're talking about is audio dramas. They're releasing audiobooks with voice actors. And the first one is for the Attack on Titan light novel, which sounded really cool. Uh, they had the initial setup for it. They hadn't got official voice actors, but they were just setting up a, you know, this is a sample piece so they could sell it. If they go that route... I guarantee they're going to make money, and it's going to make this an entirely new genre of release for them. I mean, if they make this audio with visual, like a movie, that would be cool. But I digress. As an audio novel, it looks and sounds really cool. Now, the big thing with Viz was that Masaki Kishimoto was there because they are promoting the final volume of Naruto. Thank you, God! Naruto's done. Naruto's finished. Thank you. But unfortunately, they also showed the premiere of Brato, the son of Naruto, the movie. So, we're not out of the woods yet, folks. Naruto lives forever. But still, it was kind of cool. It was kind of fun. It was kind of chill to see so much going on. And to see all these various panels and how many people were waiting online for all these. There wasn't an empty room at all. I mean, Vertical, I was shocked at. Because usually when I go to Vertical panel, you got enough room for everyone to be in. And this year... Standing room only. It was jam-packed. I had to flash my press badge and beg to get in there so I could see what's going on, to see all the amazingness that was being released by Vertical Inc. And more importantly than that, it showed that people have faith in Vertical, and it shows that people have good intentions and they want good manga, and I was very happy about that. Like I said in my Twitter post, proud of Ed because Ed worked so hard to promote Vertical, and now Vertical is a big contender. People are interested, people are intrigued, especially because of... Mobile Suit Gundam, and the final volume of Cheese Sweet Home, which is so sad. I picked it up, and I literally was crying halfway through it, because it is so sad to see what happens. Trust me, it is shocking and sad and heartwarming at the end, but... Oh, gee. 
the big thing also was Tokyo ESP, which I wanted a copy of, but damn it, if it didn't sell out in two minutes. Tokyo ESP sold out. I have to get that. Apparently, it is X-Men from a manga animation point of view. I want to see it. But, whatever. You could tell I had a good time with the panels. I've been talking 25 minutes on the panels, at least. But, so, the big thing is now we've talked about the panels. We've talked about the showroom floor. Now, the other thing everyone goes to see is cosplayers. There were some great cosplayers, some crappy cosplayers. And the best thing of all, the entire bottom section of the Javits Center, which most people don't usually go to, was all cosplayer central. That was where all the cosplayers were, and it felt like a big event. And they were all over the place, and you had a great feeling of cosplayers now the big thing was for those who've not seen any pictures from online the winner of the cosplay contest and the most impressive cosplay was a nine foot tall hulk buster guy spent 1600 hours making it it took him 20 minutes to get in the damn thing but damned if it wasn't impressive it was beautiful i actually was like oh my god this is awesome i was psyched and intrigued by it i wanted to be like i want it i'll beat you up steal it and then run home because it was moving, it was running, and it was... It's fucking Hulkbuster! I mean, come on, who's not going to like that? Hulkbuster was the most impressive cosplay, but there were some great cosplays walking around. I mean, the first day I saw a Superman walking around with a sign saying, Batman Blows, you had that. You had a armored-up Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. It looked like Sally was going to war. And she was impressive, the costume. She said it took her like three months to make it, but it looks damn good. You had, as usual, you had a shitload of Ivies walking around, and they all looked really good. You had a lot of older cosplayers. Like, I saw an elderly couple dressed up as Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service and Sophie from Howl's Moving Castle. They looked really good. You had a Gibbs cosplayer from NCIS. I was like, what the fuck? It's Gibbs. I was just shocked. He had an Abby next to him, so it was kind of okay. A lot of Star Wars cosplayers because the 501 was there. So you had the Emperor there, and it looks awesome just seeing all the Stormtroopers in order with Vader. And, well, you just see the picture, and you'll be blown by it. All these are on our Flickr account, flickr.com forward slash Spyrokin. The link will be in the show notes. There are some great images from this year. There really are. A lot of Sans old school classic Batgirl because the original Batgirl from the 60s show passed away recently. You had a great Penguin who was a fat guy. You had a female Booster Gold, the Nauta. A lot of Pip-Boys going around because Fallout 4, ladies and gentlemen. A female Vash. A bunch of cross-genders. A lot of Fifth Element this year for some weird reason. And the thing which really sold it to me, which made me very happy, that I was like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever, was I went to the meetup for Spider-Man. They had a Spider-Man cosplayer meetup. And if you remember from last time we talked about Spider-Man, Baz was complaining that there wasn't any love for Spider-Man, that there was no Spidey 2099. I wish he came this year. It was amazing to see how many different spider-men mary janes green goblins and all the other spider-man cosplayers there were it was a huge turnout i mean there were even some deadpools there was like 12 deadpools saying you guys suck we want to turn and there was six deadpools but there was at least 70 spider-men and it went from all the different costumes and i'm not just talking regular spider-men just all dressed up like you know regular classic spider-man no 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 you had every single one possible. You had manga Spider-Man. You had the superior Spider-Man. You had 
Future Foundation Spider-Man. You had the Spider-Man the Stealth Suit. You had Spider-Man 2099. You had the 1608 Spider-Man. You had Spider-Ham. You had, well, I could just read off this list and just point at every single one of them. I mean, Black Cat was there. Had even the mutated Spider-Man. There was even a Spider-Man with the Captain America shield. And there was also Agent Venom and also regular Venom and Carnage. And it just was awesome. Totally was awesome and just... I was totally geeking out of it. The one complaint I did have, though, was the one who was dressed up in the Spider-Man stealth suit, which is the suit that has the green lines instead of the Sonic, which is the red lines, is that he didn't have his fucking mask on. Dude, you're at an event and you're the only one who's not wearing a fucking mask? Even the guy who's dressed up as the one that's before Peter becomes Spider-Man, the masked Marvel, had a fucking mask on, but you don't? Really, dude, come on. I mean, there was even Aranya there. There was also some very hot Mary Janes and one who was in the bikini. I'll show that on the website, maybe. A lot of other female interesting cosplayers. Uh, you know, they all dress all nice. A couple of Weeping Angels. And, well, of course, my personal fare, for those who don't know, one of the things I do get a lot of cosplay pictures of is if I see any of the Endless at a con, I always take pictures of them because it's kind of cool and creepy at the same time. But I saw two deaths. I got pictures of both of them, or and it's just kind of cool and creepy at the same time, because, well, ever since that one year where the one said, see you soon, <laughs> kind of creepy, but cool. There were some great, there were some great, just, I can't even say, the cosplays were really good this year, and the one which definitely was the most original was I saw two gentlemen dressed up in old-timey strongman outfits. I'm talking the 1920s, 1870s. You know those guys you see that are wearing a shirt which is half ripped off and they're lifting triangular weights? Yeah, those guys. And they had the curled mustache and the beard. It was very cool. They were vaudevillians. I was just expecting someone to come up on a rolling piano playing, you know, and just roll off. The cosplays were cool. So there was much going on. There was so much going on this year. Um, I can't even, I'm you're probably confused. What the fuck is he talking about at this point? There's so much that he's going on and battling about. There is. Because there's so much to talk about at this con. All the other little things going on. All the little booths. I mean, I didn't even talk about ABC Family's booth. Which was kind of crappy, but kind of cool too. But I'm not going to, it's not even worth it. Because there was stuff going on, but. It was just kind of there, honestly. There were some really show-out things. There were some really fun things going on. And the big thing was that there was an energy going around that a lot of cons have. And it infected the audience with it. And there was so much going on that it, it kind of revitalized you and made you energetic. And the final big draw that everyone had was that because it is 2015 October... For those of you who know your movie lore, on October 21st, 2015, Marty McFly and Doc Brown go to the future. And Comic-Con was not going to forget that because they had a whole setup for Back to the Future. And if you came in dressed up as Marty McFly, there were hundreds of Marty McFlys. If you came in, you had a chance to play the Wild Gunman game in order to win your very own Pepsi Perfect. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, they were selling Pepsi Perfect at the con if you were dressed up as Marty McFly. It's actually being released October 21st online for $20 a piece, and I was able to get a little sample of it. They wouldn't let me take it home. It's essentially the Pepsi with the actual sugar in it, 
It's damn good, but the bottle is worth it, and it looks awesome. Seeing all the Marty McFly's there was cool, was fun. Besides that, it was cool seeing all my typical con buddies there walking around, chilling out. I did go to Nota Brew afterwards on Saturday. That was an interesting experience. Uh, fortunately, you know, not Judge Winkley and Santa Mall, Santa Mall. Well, actually, that's not true. That didn't happen. Oh, God, that didn't happen. There was only like two girls. We had fun. We drank. Lots of stories were swapped around. That was all. I bought a bunch of stuff. Like I said, I bought the Super Fight items. I bought some manga. I bought a Funko. And got a t-shirt. So, not a bad con. And overall, it had a good flow to it. It was a nice con. Not the best Comic Con I've been to, but it was a memorable experience. As I said, the highlights were definitely... Seeing vertical comics fill to the brim was really cool. Meeting some new friends on the lines was always a pleasure. The Terry Pratchett tribute panel was really an experience. And just in general, this was a nice con. The staffers, I'm not going to complain about because this year they're getting paid for the first time ever. So they were they did what they could do. There were mistakes that happened, but they worked hard. The press booth was all right this year. They kind of actually gave us coffee with... New versions of the Coffee Mate that were coming out, including the Darth Vader's Chocolate Espresso, which is amazing. I hate Coffee Mate, and I loved it. I was going to mainline that shit. I wish they just would fix a couple things, like maybe give the actual press pass so we could get the bracelets so we can go to those panels. That would actually help. If you guys are listening, definitely make that a thing. Make it so that if you're part of press, you get first dibs of those bracelets. You just have to show up at a certain time to get them and supposed to wait on that fucking line. You know what I mean? Make things a little easier for us. Again... I digress. Overall, this was a decent con. Out of the five conventions I've gone to this year, so far this is one of the lower ones just because of the insanity going on. But there was a lot of life in this one. This was a good convention. It wasn't the best New York Comic Con, but it was a good Comic Con. If you want to know more about the con, you can email me at spirekin.gmail.com or you can check out any of the photos at theflickr.com slash spirekin. Remember, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. I released a bunch of posts about it on twitter so if you want to read about everything that was going on when it was going on and see some of the pictures i posted twitter check it out there twitter.com slash firekin and just if you want to talk about it if you were there and you saw me email me zan at remember zan is x-a-n not z-a-n and that's spirekin.com so with that in mind i guess that's it for this episode i mean nothing much else is really gonna be going on except that i'm gonna be prepping for next month's big movie review video which is gonna be a lot of fun because i know i haven't released a movie review in a long time so well we'll get to that in a bit so anyway thanks for listening and chilling out guys hope you enjoyed it and i'm gonsville and i'll catch you next time see ya Your